0: Totally accepts you and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Welcome back to Still Growing in Grace. I'm so glad you tuned in today. I hope you've been enjoying this series of talks on knowing who we are in Christ and how much God loves us and really, really good news. If you're tuning in every once in a while or uh, tuning in regularly, Would you mind sending me a quick email or a Facebook message? Just let me know you're listening. Uh, That'd be awesome just to have that kind of feedback. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts or if you have questions or topics that you would like to see covered in this program, I would love to hear from you. So my email address is mike at hopefellowshipycc.com and we look forward to hearing from you. Let's continue. Last week, we began um, a talk about who God is. We spent a couple of weeks speaking about who he isn't and some misconceptions, but now we're going to dive into who he really is. And uh, I loved last week's where we talked about God is not distant from anybody. And as we looked through some practical verses uh, and put some pieces together, we realized God is not distant from anyone. So today I'm going to talk about that God is love. Yes, love. I know it seems like a very uh, obvious um, topic that God is love, but let me suggest that as I grew up and even in Bible college days and so on, God is love is not necessarily what was taught. What was taught is that God loves not that he is love. It's almost seen as though uh, God's love was an app for us uh, instead of uh, the essence of who he is, Um, that it's more um, about an attribute of God. I remember in Sunday school uh, classes growing up that we would have to write down the attributes of God, these add-ons to who God is, and love was always one of them. And so we naturally come to the conclusion that love is just part of who God is. But I want to challenge you today. I want you to see from Scripture that God is love, literally is love. He doesn't have it as in uh, something that's added on, but that He is love, and anything he does flows from his essence, his DNA. Uh, we're going to look at First John four: seven to eight. This one's really powerful and simple, if if you trust the scriptures, which I do. So here it says, 1 John 4, 7 to 8, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. And everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love God has yet to know God. For God is love. Twice it says God is love. Or in brackets, I saw a side note that says, or is continually, God continually exists being love. His very essence. And this is from 1 John 4, 7 to 8. So there's two verses back to back that express God is love. Not that he has it, but he is. Uh, then we're going to look at verse 9 uh, of 1 John 4. It says, the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. That word matchless has meaning. Uh, in fact, it means a uh, um, uh, be- oh, he's the only begotten. That is, Jesus had no beginning and was the eternal son of God as part of the triune essence of the Godhead. That's what that matchless uh, uh, is. Now, in verse nine, it began, the light of God's love has shined within us. Uh, there's another way to read that. In brackets, I had a, a note in one Bible and it said, God's love was revealed among us. The base word for revealed is Fahanyo uh to shine light. So there's a light which we're going to talk about after. Today we're going to talk about God is love. Next program we're going to talk about God is light and what does that mean. And then it says, uh, um, he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. The Aramaic can be translated that we might live in his hand considered to be the idiom for living in his grace that we're living in, his, in the palm of his hand. God is love. Now in verse 10, 1 John 4 it says, this is love or how we were born uh, or how love was born. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. That topic of sins and forgiveness, we're also going to cover in a couple of weeks from now. But here's an essence of God that we don't often talk about, or we skip over the depth of it. In John, uh, 1 John 4, uh, verse 11, it says, Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him, and his love is brought to its full expression in us. So if God's DNA, his essence is love, and he lives in us, then we're possessed by the love of God, and we are to let that love out, lived out of us. And we're called the delighted ones, delightedly loved ones in this text. It's a beautiful picture of how we can see why it's important to know God is love. And it's not just an app that he happens to use at certain times. And then he switches his app to, let's say, the wrath app or the the compassion app. No, God is love. His very essence is love. Verse 13 in 1 John 4, it says, And He has given us His Spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that He lives in us and that we live in Him. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world not just for a select few, but He is the Savior of the world. This is more good news. I, I hope you're hearing this. And I'm, you're, you're probably going to find that I read a lot of Scripture on the show. Uh, I, I think the Scriptures are full of so much beauty. And as we explore the actual words and slow down a little bit to visit what certain phrases may mean— it may actually come alive. We may actually begin to believe something powerful about the essence of who God is. Let's keep going. 1 John 4, verse 15. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God, and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love he has for us, or in brackets, in us. God is is love and in brackets as i started off earlier in the program or god continually exists being love those who are living in love are living in god and god lives through them so far in just these few verses we've heard god is love bluntly three times there's more Verse 17, it continues unwrapping this awesome package. In fact, I encourage you, find your Bible, go online, get a free Bible app and look up 1 John 4 and just read the whole thing. And verse 17, it says, by living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us or oh, love has reached its goal, its destiny in you. You see, there's a there's a goal here. Uh, there's a, a purpose to God dwelling in you, that his love dwells in you. And it says here at the end of verse 17, so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. Ooh, we think the word judgment can be so scary. We think, oh no, see, there it is. You just switched apps. Now you switched from love judgment i thought you said god is love he is love and he also judges because he is love and his judgment will be the purest most correct form of judging the aramaic can be translated like this we will have an we will have open faces on the day of judgment for the true believer filled with God's love. The day of judgment is not to be feared but looked forward to. For perfect love will have made us completely like Christ. Love provides us with no reason to fear the future or to fear punishment from God. Do you see where this is going? The love of God planted in us is to grow until the completeness of Christ comes out through who we are and our actions, our thoughts, our behaviors, and right now, it's still happening. God's love is working in and through us. It's not perfect yet, but perfect love is in us. The seed is there. We're we're totally growing in it one way or another, and any love that comes out of you, whether it's directed to God or your children or your spouse or whoever, that's the source is still god god is the source Uh, we used to think uh, judgment is something to be greatly feared and go oh no the judgment of god let me tell you he's going to judge you through the lens of his love and his love has been placed in you and he sees that he knows it it's he's nurturing it we do not need to fear god in fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what forgiveness is and this whole idea that the love of God helps us not to be afraid for God's judgment, but instead we can look at it with anticipation. And the reason we can look at it with anticipation is because we're learning to trust the character of who God is. Many of us just don't trust him. We think he flip-flops too much. Uh, How can we trust a God we say we believe in, and then you have these words like judgment and fear thrown at us? It makes you wonder. I don't want to live by fear. So 1 John 4, it says, because all that Jesus is now, so are we in this world Uh, And in brackets, I'll give you an extra thought. Because of all that Jesus is now, so are we in this world. So whatever Jesus is, we are as well because he, he lives in us. In a translation note, it says, or because we are what he is in this world. The verb tense is important. We are not like Jesus was, but because of grace, we are like he is now pure, holy, seated in heaven, and glorified. This is good news. See Romans 8.30 or Ephesians 2.6, Colossians 3, 1 to 4 Faith has transferred his righteousness to us. We don't need to be afraid at all. There's nothing to fear. And yet in this world, fear is the big language. It's the big currency to whip people into shape. God is doesn't use fear to whip us into shape. He uses love, for love is far more powerful than anything, especially when it comes to fear and judgment. I am getting to know this God better and better. The God I say I believe in. And He's nothing like what I heard growing up. He's, he's better than that. And I want you to see that too. I want you to hear that. That's why I'm doing this program to present good news and better news. I look forward to part two in just a few minutes. I hope you'll stay tuned. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls afterwards you can relax and keep the party going in their large comfortable lounge conestoga river horseback adventures 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca looking for a real estate agent that will put your needs before his terry van lent is just that agent Caring and honest are just two of Terry's best qualities, and they shine through in his real estate career. As a longtime resident of Waterloo Region, Terry is well acquainted with the area and its multitude of attractive amenities. For an agent that cares, call Terry Van Lentz at Coldwell Banker, Peter Benninger Realty, 519-742-5800, extension 2060. six zero. First John 4, verse 18. We're continuing on from 17 because this passage is so important for us to get. I hope you're hearing. You have divine life and love in you right now. You don't have to beg for it to come. It's already there. His light is shining through, and I'll show that and prove that in next week's episode. Verse 18 in 1 John 4. Love never brings Fear. There it is. I didn't realize we're going to hit this verse right away. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment um, has not reached love's perfection. The immediate context here shows that it is fear of correction or punishment or rejection even that people have. I, I have feared rejection my whole life from people. I've tried too hard to be accepted uh, and not rejected. I've always feared punishment because I don't always behave correctly. Uh, sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose. But this idea of punishment forces us to look down the road, next week we'll cover, no, in two weeks, maybe three, um, the idea of we are already forgiven. We don't have to beg for it. You're, you're, I'll prove it in a couple of weeks. I don't have time for that now, we're, we're focusing God is love right now. And I want to see the love of God in you. First of all, recognizing you recognize that the love of God is in you and then begin to observe that love grow and see perfection of love developed in you. I don't want to walk around in fear. Are you living in fear? Are you afraid of God? Are you afraid of the end? Are you living in fears of the future? Constantly afraid, afraid, afraid? That is not the fruit of love. How about we draw uh, uh, our nourishment from God's love in us? How about we put our roots into his faith? In fact, he's already drawn us there. We just need to wake up and know it's there. 1 John 4 verse 19, it says, our love for others is, I love this next line, our grateful response to the love of God first demonstrated to us. And in other words, we love because he first loved us. Let me read that slowly again. You're, if you've grown up in church, you'll probably know the verse, we love because he first loved us. Well, we've heard it so many times and glossed over it. Hearing in another translation could be powerful. And here, let me reread verse 19 of 1 John 4. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Our <laughs> response we don't have to love people. We get to love people because we have first been loved. Uh, let's look at it from the message translation. You'll like this. First John 4:19, the message, We though are going to love, love and be loved. First, we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. You have to get this straight, Uh, and let me bring a a thought to this in just a moment. I want to read from one more translation, and then I want to talk about motivation. uh, What motivates us to love? Uh, It says here in the Mirror Study Bible, it's uh, the mirror. uh, It says, "We love because He loved us first. We did not invent this fellowship. We are invited into the fellowship of the Father." and the Son. We have been invited into the Trinity. We have been invited in. We love because He first loved us. Um, This is a a truth that has got to hit us. And here's why uh, we need to wake up to the fact the love of God is in us, and that it is our response, not a duty If it's a duty, then it becomes almost like a law, and we have not been put under the old law. We are under grace, under the new covenant, and we live from Christ in us, who has all the commandments that he wants us to live by already in us, placed in us. He is the one who's responsible for waking us up to these truths. So have you ever heard somebody say, you need to love so-and-so? You need to love better. They even tell you, you need to love God better. How can we love God better? I'm serious. How can we self-generate anything and offer it to God? The thing that is acceptable is the love he has already placed in us, allowing that love to come out in expressions of maturity, as an expression of loving one another. That is the fruit of life and love that we are to be living from. We love because he first loved us. What's with this love? John 3.16, the Passion Translation. Many of you uh, know this verse, uh, but you probably don't realize there's two key verses back to back here. But John 3.16, just to show God not only is love, but he loves us, all of us, not just the select few, not just those who say the prayer. He doesn't just love them. He loves Every single creation, every person, He loves them regardless of their horrific behavior, regardless of their amazing behavior. Their behavior does not constitute the reason God loves us. He loves us because He created us. In John 3.16, it says this in the Passion Translation, For this is how much God loved the world. Stop there for a second. He, he's, he's now saying, here is a, a picture a, a proving how much God loved the world. And he goes on to say now, he gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. Experience everlasting life. In some other translations, it continues on. uh, Well, uh, the wording for John 3.16 needs to be tied in with John 3.17. He did not come to judge the world or condemn the world. He came to free the world. So why are we hearing people swap out love, the love of God, and now switch out to fear and judgment? God doesn't even do that. He does not use fear to motivate us into a relationship with him. He motivates us because he loves us and he's placed love in us. And it's that love that he is trying to wake up in all of us. Um, in this verse, John 3.16, the idea of believing, uh, it says, anyone who believes in him will never perish. Here's the idea in the notes in the Passion Translation. It says, uh, to believe into him, salvation and regeneration must be by faith. True faith. In the Greek, it's pistos. It has a number of components uh, attached to it. It has acceptance, it has embracing something or someone as truth, that's Jesus, uh, embracing union with God and His word, believing we're in union, and an inner confidence that God alone is enough. How many people do we know where God is not enough? They're trying to get their needs met through uh, being extra nice to people so people like them back and love them back. Uh, They think they have to perform and do backflips for God with service and going to as a missionary to the middle of a jungle or the scariest parts of the world. Um, And after they do that, then God may love them and accept them. This is called conditional acceptance. You have already been unconditionally accepted, unconditionally loved. If you haven't heard it today or this week, God loves you. He's crazy about you. He wants you to understand and experience, embrace what is true. And when we again, this verse said that we want he wants us to experience everlasting life. I used to think that that everlasting life would be experienced, listen to this. When I die, after that, then I'll experience eternal life. That's what I thought. That's what I kind of grew up believing. And if it wasn't taught um, overtly, it was was definitely kind of implied in a lot of teaching. So now I just found out uh, this, this love, this everlasting life, it's already in me. I get to experience eternal life right now. And by the way, who is eternal life? Not what, who? It is Jesus. Jesus is eternal life. So no more going down the street corners, uh, waving a club, telling, or a Bible even worse, taking a Bible, waving it, and screaming at people saying, God hates you. You need to change. How about we actually teach what the Bible says? Folks, God loves you. He's crazy about you. He's already made you right. He's already made you acceptable. He's already forgiven you. He's made you righteous. You don't have to try to become anything. He has accepted you as you are because God knows when you wake up to the love already in you and you begin to nurture that and let it grow out of you. Oh my goodness, God already knows the fruit that will come from your life. I am continually growing in my understanding and knowledge of God's amazing love and grace in my life. I'm seeing it in other people's lives. This is fantastic news. I pray you'll hear today what I'm trying to say. God doesn't just have love. It is not an attribute. It literally is his essence. God is love. So no more fear mongering. No more presenting uh, judgment on people as if their sins will be punished, because actually it's sin that punishes you, not God. The sins of your choices punish you. We're going to cover that in a couple of weeks. I'm going to love that topic. But today, know and rest in the fact the Bible clearly says God is love, and he's placed his love in you, and he loves you. I hope you'll take this to heart today and walk in grace. Keep growing in grace. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full service retirement home in Kitchener. And you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no obligation tour, you can call 519 576 2140 or visit online at Conestogalodge.com are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in god who truly loves and accepts you hope fellowship in north waterloo meets every sunday at 10 30 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate if you're looking for a safe place a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of god's grace welcome to hope fellowship second floor of the saint jacobs outlet mall learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 11.30 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.